Uh, g'day and welcome. This is the On The Road Show. My name is Scott Gibbons. Oh, it's fabulous to have you with us. What's the show about? Well, it's all about RVs and caravans and motorhomes and camper trailers and tents and just getting out and seeing this fabulous country of ours. And aren't we just lucky ducks? And speaking of lucky ducks, right now, right now, you should be packing because you can go to the Adelaide four-wheel drive show. Oh, how good's that? Oh, I wish I could go. So the Adelaide four-wheel drive show is going to be on. The website, if you want to look it up, is adelaide.4wdshow.com.au. And it's so easy to find. It's at the Adelaide Showgrounds in Wavell, so you'll find that easily. You can buy tickets. The tickets are $19 for adults and concessions are $15. Children are 10 You can get a family pass for $45. And if you really want to, if you're really going back again and again and again, you can get a two-day and a three-day pass. But they've got big stage shows. They've got prizes. They've got things going on. And it's going to be, I would reckon, outstanding. And we can go to South Australia. So why would you? I think that's a lovely excuse. So when's it on? It's on the 23rd to the 25th of October. So that's this month, 23rd, 25th of October. It's at the Adelaide Showground. Oh, how fabulous that'll be. Now, everybody's getting out to see Australia. They're all getting out to see Australia. In fact, the Tourist Commission has just employed Zoe Foster Blake and Hamish Blake to tell everybody to get out there. And why is that? We don't need to be told to get out there, but we're losing. We're losing about a B, about a billion, with a B, a billion dollars a month because we don't have the internationals coming by. So, you know, we need them. And if we don't have them, then we've got you and you can get out there and do it. And RV sales are selling. I was talking to Peter at Campract. He said, Scott, stock is really, really hard. Now, he's got some more coming in. So if you're after something, I'll tell you more about them in a little while. And the same thing, the same thing's happening up at Paravans where they're selling them. So, you know, somebody's listening to the show. Somebody's going in and buying the stuff. So that's fabulous. The USA, just as a matter of interest, the USA, the RV sales from last year to this year are up 170%. 170% RV sales are up. Isn't that fabulous? I think that's Fabulous. So where are we going to go this week? I reckon. Now, I had a request to do this. I had a request. And this was about the Devil's Marbles in Northern Territory. Now, if you haven't seen the Devil's Marbles in Northern Territory, hey, here's your excuse. You might as well go and do it. So you go down on the Stewart Highway and you'll get some amazing landscapes and you'll get some impressive sights of the Devil's Marbles. Now, sometimes you'll hear people refer to them as Kalu Kalu, K-A-R-L-U, K-A-R-L-U, and they're just gigantic boulders, huge, huge, massive, massive, internationally recognised as a number uh, or one of the big symbols from of Australia's outback. So, yeah, when you see the photos, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you, you go and Google Devil's Marbles, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But they're spectacular when the light of the morning and, and then the evening sun highlights their deep red colour. And Kalu Kalu translates into round boulders, and they are. It's just fabulous. So the, the local folk out there, the traditional owners, uh, they ask not to climb them, so they suggest don't climb them. But the reserve is now jointly managed with uh, the, the traditional owners and parks and wildlife, so that's doing it. Uh, keep an eye out for the small black-headed goannas, because they'll be in the boulder crevices and you might see a zebra finch and you might see a painted finch throughout the reserve and there's fairy martens which will create a bottle-shaped mud nest on the underside of the under of the overhanging boulders. So that's beautiful. And you can go there all year round. Now, some parts of the year are hotter than others, obviously. The best time, they say, is April to September. So if you're doing your planning, you can go now. If you want to go in April, you go in April. It's going to be wonderful. It's about a, a 100k south of... Tennant Creek on the Stewart Highway. And I'm telling you, South Australia is just fabulous if you're going from South Australia and then you head up into the Northern Territory because we can go to both of those now. If you're from New South Wales, you can go to both of those. If you're from Victoria, not yet. (laughs) Not yet. If you're from Queensland, not yet either. Uh, Western Australia, I'm not too sure about. But uh, and Tasmania, poor Tasmania. You're copying it hard, but we're going to we're going to do some on Tasmania for you to make sure that everybody knows to go there. So you can do short walks. You can do short walks there. You can do you can see the geological features. You can do some spotting of some wildlife. You can camp there. There's ranger guided tours 
is a little bit of a camping fee, but that's easy to do. You've got public toilets and picnic tables, and there's some caravan sites, and all you've got to do is stay on the designated roads and tracks. Remember that everything you're looking at is very, very historic. There's some cultural items there, and the wildlife is protected, and fires are only permitted in the designated fire pits, uh, so that's good to know. Pets are not permitted in the campground, not permitted in the campground, but they are permitted in the day-use car park only, and they have to be on a lead. Uh, generators are not permitted, and drones are not permitted. So there you go. You can have a great time. They carry plenty of water. Carry plenty of water and observe the park signs. I think, I think if you go there, you're just going to have a fabulous time. That's such a lovely way to go there. And if you're going to have such a lovely way, you've got to listen to that by the group, haven't you? The group. Such a lovely way. Hey, here it is. I'm Scott Gibbons. The show is on the road. Oh, it's good to have you with us. Welcome back, welcome back. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. This show is on the road, and aren't they fabulous? That was the group, Such a Lovely Way. And when you're talking about Such a Lovely Way, we said when you go to Devil's Marbles, you're going to need a lot of water, a lot of water. I mean, when you're travelling Australia, you've got to have a lot of water. And and I think it's something like about uh, uh, the average woman needs about 11 and a half cups of water a day, and the average male needs about 15 and a half cups of water a day, plus what you're going to be using for washing and and everything else. So you need to have proper water facilities with you. And you're not just talking about taking a plastic jerry can. You've got to do it properly. So 
ORS, you hear me talking about off-road systems, because their drawers, their storage systems, their storage drawers are so fabulous, but they also do stainless steel water tanks. They create them, they make them, they do it all, so you get the best that can be. So rather than having, I mean, there's a thousand ways, isn't there, to store your water. You can use a, a jerry can or a pipe or some plastic tanks or a, a bladder, but they all have problems because in 40-degree heat, you don't want to drink hot water and you don't want to drink water that tastes like plastic. Oh, yuck. And that's why Off-Road Systems developed their own range of stainless steel water tanks. Now, they're designed, this is so clever, they're designed to tuck in behind your vehicle's back seat. So tuck in behind your vehicle's rear seat, that's clever. So that's a space that's otherwise notoriously tricky to pack into because you've got everything in front of it and you've got your back seats there so you can't get to anything anyway. So they've designed these tanks to go in there and fill that gap that would normally be wasted. And then the position of the tank is a key point in the design because it sits low. It sits low on the floor. So it's straight over the back axle. And it's a perfect spot to store something that can weigh up to about 70k when full. Oh, that's brilliant. And the positioning means that the tank is kept out of direct sunlight, so it's insulated by the rear seat or your drawers, which are off-road systems drawers, I would suggest, and any luggage or camping gear. So it's all there. And the steel used, here's something so vital. The steel they use is food-grade stainless steel. So it means that it won't affect the taste of the water, regardless of how long it's kept in that tank. So if you use a plastic tank or a bladder, that can cause the water to taste yuck. I mean, it just tastes like plastic. But stainless steel is also the best because it, it doesn't need to be thick to be strong, meaning you've got less wasted space. And then baffling across the middle of the tank, well, that stops the sloshing as you're driving, meaning that you're getting a more peaceful ride for the occupants. And then the final advantage is it's so simple. You fill the tank, and that can be done through the filling spout with a funnel or straight through the pouring hose. And then the water's just as easy to retrieve because rather than trying to lift a heavy jerry can, and if you've tried to lift those after a few heavy days, they are heavy, heavy, heavy. So you simply open up your rear door, turn on the tap, and you let gravity do the rest. So there's no backache, no spillage, and just a group of jealous friends. That's all you're going to have. So isn't that fabulous? And all you've got to do is to go to Off-Road Systems and you can give them a call on 02-4647-6322. That's 02-4647-6322. Or you just go to the Off-Road Systems website, which is offroadsystems.com.au. And I think that is brilliant. Now, the other brilliant thing you've got to have is you've got to have a proper radio. You've got to have communication, haven't you? Now, GME, here's something brilliant. You know we love Aussie, and Off-Road Systems Aussie, they make their stuff here, and so do GME. GME have your UHF radio, and they're made in Australia. They're made, they're 100% Australian-owned. They're located in Sydney's West, and they operate, it's a purpose-built factory, purpose-built whole facility that houses their leading, it's, it's industry-leading stuff. And they employ over 195 people. So just fabulous. But they're Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. So they do the product assembly, they do the product testing, they do the packaging, they do the warehousing, they do the industrial design, they do the development, they customise the product, they do everything. They do it there. It's in-house, all quality assured. So they, they're testing for the quality is the vibration and the shock and the water and the dust ingress and, and salt and fog and UV exposure and temperature and humidity. So when you're going out to buy your UHF radio, just buy quality, buy GME, buy Aussie. And ARB, ARB at St Peter's, they're fabulous. They've got the whole range of GME products in stock and if they don't have it, they will put you on the order and they will get it for you because it's just brilliant. So GME amazing amazing now i reckon if you don't have a good water tank and if you don't have a good uhf radio then ray brown knows exactly what to call you i'm not being rude this is ray brown doing it not me so here's ray brown and the whispers fool 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 here you go hey it's scott gibbons we're on the road now if you want more of on the road all you do is go to our website which is on the road media 
roadmedia.com.au, on the roadmedia.com.au. You go on there, there's a whole bunch of podcasts on there. We're getting towards 60 podcasts, and all you do is go click the podcast, and you've got them with you wherever you go. And I think that's fabulous. And then, and I tell you, our podcasts are getting listened to madly. We've now got listeners, not just in Australia, but we've got listeners in New Zealand and in Canada, in the US, in the UK. They're all over the place. So it's just fabulous. So thank you. Thank you for your loyalty, and I really appreciate your feedback. And if you want to give us some more feedback, then you can always ring us through. We're on the phone number for you. Just dial 1300. 53-57-11, you can get us. And if you've got a product and you think it should be uh, on the radio, then you just tell us about it and we'll try and make something happen for you because we're getting sponsors now that are really, really excellent. But in the meantime, hey, here's Ray Brown. Phil, Phil, Phil. Enjoy that. We'll be back with you in just a little while. This is Scott Gibbons. We are on the road. I bought my love of mockingbirds For the sweetest voice that I have ever heard But she said that mockingbird won't sing If you love me, go buy a diamond ring So I bought my love of diamond ring The brightest ring that anyone could bring but she said that diamond ring won't shine If you love me, go buy a car this time I bought my love a brand new car Took my last time out of the saving yard But she said this little car won't run If you love me, go get another one I've got no money left to pay my bill And every night before the lights go out The prisoners all begin to sing and shout Ray Brown, the whispers, eh? Fool, fool, fool. <laughs> Just make sure you've got the best radio with you, GME, and that you've got your water tank with you from off-road systems. Now, Cradle Mountain. Let's go to Tasmania. What do you go to Tasmania? I think we should. Tasmania is just glorious. Have you been there before? If you have, I know you already love it. If you haven't, I would reckon you want to go there. Now, Cradle Mountain. Oh, if you haven't heard of Cradle Mountain, you probably need to get out more, I reckon. Because I've got the the uh, ARV book, which is just fabulous, the 4x4 culture, and they've got some amazing things in there. But it's a stunning mountain located in the Central Highlands area of, of Tasmania, and the mountain's about 1,545 metres high. It's got an incredible shape, and it appears to climb out of Dove Lake, which lies in the foreground. So it makes it one of the most incredible landscapes in Australia. It's probably one of the most visited locations in Tasmania. It's located about 80k southwest of Devonport. It's a great drive. And once you leave the ferry, over the years, the increasing popularity has led to an increasing number of vehicle restrictions. So you're no longer permitted to drive to Dove Lake, which is where you get the best view of Cradle Mountain. The spot's also the start of some incredible walks. So if you're a walker, 
Oh, you will love Tasmania. You will love it. And you can stay at the Cradle Mountain Resort if you want to. There's a free shuttle bus there that, that runs to Dove Lake. And there's plenty of parking at the Visitor Information Centre. It's, I'm telling you, it's pretty. It is pretty. You will love it. You will love it. And sunset at Dove Lake, well, that's just worth the effort all by itself. So if you manage to get a day with clear skies, then you are in for a treat. And if you do, oh, how wonderful for you. And the sinking light that hits the side of the mountain, and it just transforms the, the whole mountain from granite grey to a gorgeous, gorgeous red. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Now, there's so many places to go to in Tasmania. The, the Franklin Gordon National Park, that area was made famous in the 80s when a bunch of greenies fought against the government when they planned to dam the Franklin River. And, and it's just, it is so pretty. It, it's one of the best ways to see the area is to base yourself at Strawn. Now, if you haven't been to Strawn, oh, you're going to love Strawn. It is just oh, pretty, pretty, and then pretty again. So it's on the West Coast and you indulge in one of the... If you can, do a, a cruise, a, a day-long boat cruise along the Franklin and Gordon Rivers. It, you will remember it. It's one of those things that's a ticker. Yeah, you go, tick, I've done that because it's that good. And there's even an electric silent boat, if you want, and that's pretty wonderful cruising through the narrower sections of the incredible river and there's no sound except nature. Ah. Oh. That's special. Oh, that's beautiful. The drive from Strawn to Derwent Bridge, if you love a good drive, and I reckon you would if you've driven to Tasmania, then there's so much to see. And it could be one of the best pieces of bitumen in Australia because it twists and winds it winds its way over about 126k. And then you've got a few straights, but it, it's slow going. But that's the whole point. You can take your time and you're soaking the drive and you're soaking the view and you're soaking the ambience and you're soaking Tasmania because Tasmania, you know, when you're talking beautiful, I think it is just the synonym for beautiful is Tasmania. It's that good. So the first stop, is the mining town of Queenstown. Oh, Queenstown's magic. It's, it's 50K from Strawn. And you, it, you can't call it pretty, but it's fascinating. It's a fascinating place. And you get a glimpse into the, into the mining history. Uh, with most of the vegetation gone, it looks like a scene out of a Mad Max movie. But, oh, the photography you can get there, fabulous. And if you keep heading east, then you'll come across Lake Burberry. And then just before the bridge, there's a parking area. And if you park... Uh, and then walk out onto the bridge. Oh, the view in every direction is just stunning. And you've got a backdrop of crystal clear water from the lake. And, and it's just, it's, you know, you'll fall in love, not only with Tasmania, you'll fall in love with Australia because it's just beautiful. Then you've got Nelson Falls. That's the next stop, and it's only a few minutes along the road. And if, if there's been some rain, oh, it's going to be gorgeous for you. And it's an easy access spot. And then the remainder of the trip to Derwent is just spectacular. And, and you'll just, it, it's going to be a day that you'll remember. And then you'll go to Strathgordon. So, it, well, you, you've got to go to Strathgordon to take, um, it's one of those, um, you take the back roads from uh, Waiatina to Medina, and it's a pretty straightforward dirt road through the forest. It's really interesting. And again, just remember that you know, when it's wet, it does get slippery. But once you hit the main road near Medina, you, you just head west. And it's just beautiful country, very, very pretty and you'll travel through several different ecosystems along the way because there's lots of photo opportunities. So if you've got your camera with you or your smartphone with you, what the heck, everyone's got one of those now. It's generally a pretty quiet stretch of road, and the road comes to a dead end at the Gordon Dam, and it's, oh, you've just got to have a look at that. Pretty. And once you've turned around and begun heading back towards Hobart, make sure you stop at the Mount Field National Park because it's just it's only a couple of minutes off the main road. And it's home to a couple of the best waterfalls in Tasmania. Oh, pretty, 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 pretty. <laughs> and the first waterfall is Russell Falls, which is easily accessible for everyone. And if you return at that point, it's only about a 25-minute casual stroll. So that's lovely. Bruny Island. Bruny Island. B-R-U-N-Y Island. Bruny Island. Oh, it's located off the southeastern coast. It's only about a 10-minute vehicle ferry ride. And you'll find yourself on this beautiful little... Oasis. The island's about 50k long 
it, it looks like it's two islands with a north and south Bruni joined by a narrow strip of land called the Neck. And the Neck's a small, incredibly photogenic section of land that is just a habitat for, for native wildlife. So the southern end has a few camping options right on the beach at Cloudy Bay and the Cloudy Corner campsites about 2k along the beach at low tide. So most four-wheel drives will have no problem towing a camper or a van into that spot. And it's really nice place to, to base yourself for a few days on Bruni. And a highlight would have to be the Bruni Island Cruise. It's an award-winning boat ride that you'll never forget. It lasts about three hours. It takes you along the steep cliffs and into the deep sea caves and the wildlife. Oh, it's just incredible with seals and maybe you'll see migrating whales and dolphins and you know, they're offered there on show, but the island has some interesting lighthouses and lots of hiking trails. Wineglass Bay, oh, you would just love Wineglass Bay. It's one of the most popular tourist spots on the island, and for a good reason, Wineglass, it rivals Whitehaven Beach in the Sundays or Lucky Bay in Esperance. It's without doubt one of Australia's best beaches, and there'll be lots of other people around. That's the downside, but Everyone's going to be having a good time. And once you start the climb to the lookout, oh, it's a good climb. If you like a climb, this is a good climb. <laughs> if you like a climb, you'll love it. So you'll find that you might start off with a whole bunch of people and then the numbers start thinning out because everybody stops to admire the view. Oh, might be time to go back. <laughs> but continue on because it's beautiful. It's about a 45-minute walk uh, and you'll make it to the lookout. And when you get there, it's worth it. It is worth it. So, But a lot of people turn around at the lookout and then they head back down. But if you're the hiking type, then it's about halfway to the bay. And, you know, if, you, if you're a walker and a, a, you, you can do it and you're fit enough, hey, that's worthwhile doing it. So the complete round trip takes you about half a day. And you, and you don't have to rush it because you can allow the, the full day and get plenty of photos. And it's really one of the jewels in Tassie's crown. It really is that good. And then you've got the Bay of Fires, of course, and that stretches over 50K from Binlong Bay in the south to Ediston Point in the north. And it's a gorgeous area. Lots of white sandy beaches and stunning granite boulders. And there's several camping areas along the southern end of the bay. And you've got St Helens. Oh, St Helens is beautiful. That's not far away. It's a beautiful town. So if you want a bit of comfort, then you're fine. Uh, Cozy Corner and Binlong Bay, there are a couple of the areas really worth checking out. So there you go, a little bit of Tasmania for you. I think, I think you're going to just love the scenery down there. You're going to love the people. It is different to mainland. It's calming and charming and the people are fabulous. And the wildlife, the, the nature, the clean air, they reckon it's got the cleanest water in the world. It reckon it's got the cleanest water in the world. I think it's got the cleanest air in the world. It's just one of those places. If you haven't been to Tassie, and I have numerous times, oh, and I tell you, if you gave me the ticket right now, uh, as soon as we're allowed to go, <laughs> I'd be there with you. <laughs> I would be there. So in the meantime, because you're going to love the wildlife, what about a little bit of uh, Kookaburra Calling, hey? Kookaburra Calling, I think you're going to love that. That's by the cartwheels. We've played this a couple of times for you in the past. We always get requests for it. Kookaburra calling the cartwheels. Get ready to tap your feet. Your feet, your feet will be moving. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. This show is On The Road. And if you want to find out more, go onto our website, ontheroadmedia.com.au, ontheroadmedia.com.au. If you have a little look on that site, then you'll find lots of podcasts there and you can share those around, give them to other people. Give the website to other folks, let them hear the show as well because we're starting to get a real following. It's, it's ha- because we go national. We are national. We go all the way around Australia, obviously if we're national, on the vast satellite network. So if you know somebody who's got the vast satellite, then you tell them they can get their show anytime. So that's just fabulous. In the meantime, here's Kookaburra Calling and that's by the Cartwheels. This is an Aussie song. Aussie song, obviously, but you'll love it. Here we go.
Oh, yeah. isn't that a fabulous song, Kookaburra Calling by the Cartwheels? I think it's just, my feet just keep on moving when I hear that. Now, I was talking to Jean today. Jean's one of our regular listeners, and Jean was talking about Stradbroke Island. And if you haven't been to Stradbroke Island, oh, you're missing out because it's, it's known as Straddy or North Straddy. It lies within Moreton Bay in Queensland. It's about 30k off Brisbane. It's the second largest sand island in the world after Fraser Island. So Stratty, it, it comprises three small towns. There's several lakes. There's a coastline of beaches and there's some rocky outcrops. But the island's only 38 kilometres long, about 11 kilometres wide, and it means it's easy to get around and everything is really accessible. And most of Stradbroke is bitumen. So as I say, getting around is simple. And if you're keen to get onto the sand and do some beach camping, well, Stratty is just great. And if you're a beginner four-wheel driver, you will love it. But in peak periods, such as school holidays, access routes to the beach uh, can be fairly lumpy because everybody's going on there and they're all digging it up with their wheels and they're making it lumpy. And, you know, that's part of the fun. I think that's, that's wonderful. But you need to be careful. So be sure to take your recovery gear. So your recovery gear could be your recovery boards, a snatch strap, your bog out, anything like that. Because if you're visiting on lower shoulder seasons, then the accesses are much, much easier. And the actual beach driving, well, it's like driving on a highway. So, you know, if you're going on there on low tide, then you should have a nice hard beach, which makes for a nice, easy drive. Now, camping, there's a range of options for camping on Australia. It all depends on what experience you're after and what you're camping in. And uh, I think that's one of the most important things. ARB in their 4x4 culture, they tell you about Adder Rock and Amity Point. They're both great caravan parks. But if you're after beach camping, then Flinders Beach is really good. Main Beach is a great spot as well. It's also a little bit quieter. There's some drop toilet facilities at Flinders, but the only dump point is at Amity Point Campground and Flinders Beach Camping Zone 5. So the, the Cylinder Beach, it, it's an ideal place to camp. You just have a look at that as well because I think you, you might like that too. And you can catch the Sea Link Ferry. So if you to get there, it's also known as the Stradbroke Ferry. It goes from Cleveland in, in Queensland, and that's just near Brisbane. And it's really easy to get to. It's well signed. So when you're driving along the area, you'll see the signs and then you just follow the blue line and that takes you straight to the booth. So when you're required to produce your booking reference, so make sure that you've got your booking reference ready to go because there's a lot of people trying to get onto that ferry and you don't want to, you know, <laughs> have it hidden away somewhere. So have it ready so that you can get on and get your holiday started. And it's best to check their website for current fees because it does change. It changes from peak season to off-peak. Uh, so, you know, allow for that, have a look. But there's a, a cafe upstairs if you want to grab a bite to eat or a coffee. It's only about a 30-minute a ride across, but beautiful. And then the ferry drops you 
at, at Dunwich where you'll find a lovely park, a playground, and it's really beautiful if you arrive early on the way back because Dunwich has got a supermarket and a few other shops. So if you need to stock up on anything, well, there you go. And there's a food works at Point Lookout and there's a small grocer at Amity Point. So, and there's plenty to do on the island. But if you just want to park and enjoy the beach and surf or go to the lagoons, then it's wonderful. But a four-wheel drive... Uh, is really what you'll need to take across the strati. It's it's the preferred thing to do. Most of the roads are bitumen or gravel, but sand drive is out of the question if you don't have a four-wheel drive, so don't even try it. I guess you saw, <laughs> you might have seen the fella who took his Maserati onto Stockton Beach a couple of weeks ago, and uh, two-wheel drive and sand driving don't work. Somehow he got on there, but then he couldn't get off, so they tried to... Uh, snatch strap him off and that took his front bumper bar and by the time he'd finished mucking around uh, the car was a write-off and that was a beautiful Maserati so there you go so some of the things that make sure you check out the highest point on Stradbroke Island which is accessible via a 5k sandy track that reveals the breathtaking views you've, you've got to go and have a look at that that's the highest point on Stradbroke the keyholes are a series of inland freshwater lakes and they're beautiful. If you want to take a swim in those, I'll take a swim. And the track can be taken once you get onto the main beach. But it's not signposted, but you just take the first track into the dunes that you see and then you'll be right. Now, Cylinder Beach, well, you don't need a four-wheel drive to be accessed on that one, so just park and walk out onto the sand. Brown Lake, that's an inland freshwater lake, and that can be accessed via or accessed by uh, bitumen and gravel tracks. Flinders Beach, uh, that's a beauty. It's a beauty. It's easy to drive on. Plenty of safe lagoons for the kids. If you've got kids or you want to swim in those, beautiful. You can even catch a wave if you want to. Take your four-wheel drive down, put your awning out, have a barbie on the beach. Aha, there you go. And Myora Springs, well, that's a beautiful spot for a swim. So plenty of shade. Uh, but however, you have to go at high tide for that one. There's a rope swing. and Just be careful on that one. Just be careful. I think that would be good. That would be good. Now, the thing to... UHF, you know, we're talking about UHF, we're talking about um, GME radios and, and beaut things, and, and everybody knows about 10.4, because you've heard the song 10.4, uh, which is for copy that or Roger, but 4.10, do you know what 4.10 means? That means, do you agree? And 10.9, please repeat, I didn't hear it. So if you didn't hear it, that was 10.9. 10.6, I'm on the phone, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> 10.20, What's your 20? That means what's your location? What's your location, 1020? 1051, I'm heading to you. And 1100, well, that's a toilet break required. 10100, <laughs> toilet break required. Over and out, of course, is just signing off. So some of the channels, uh, channel 10 is, is recommended for the four-wheel drivers only. One of the things to be aware of, though, is we have, at the moment in Australia, we've got two different radio bands. We've got a 40-channel and an 80 channel. So we've got a 40 channel radio, which is the older ones. It's, I've still got the 40 channel. And an 80 channel. Now, with an 80 channel being the more common and modern version, the difference between the two, other than the number of channels, is the bandwidth. So here's something interesting. A 40 channel radio works on a wide band, uh, whereas an 80 channel radio works on a narrow band. So both versions can contact each other. However, the transmission can be skewed. So if it's coming from a different bandwidth, so an 80-channel receiving a 40-channel could be significantly louder and distorted, and a 40-channel receiving an 80-channel could be quiet and difficult to hear. So for best results, you're best to use radios using the same bandwidth. So I've got to update mine very soon. I think that's a, a good idea to do, a good idea to do. Now, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? I had a couple of songs, I think... I think if you're going to go to Stratty, then you're going to... That's a little bit of paradise, isn't it? A little bit of paradise. So what about we have Run to Paradise with the Choir Boys? You ready for that? Run to Paradise with the Choir Boys. You enjoy that. Hey, Stradbroke Island, isn't that fabulous? All we've got to do is get Queensland open again for us. That's all we've got to do. But that's what we're talking about is places you can go to now, put on your planning list and say, yeah, we're going to go there. So Stradbroke Island in Queensland, that might be just fabulous for you. Here's Run to Paradise by the Cowboys. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. We are on the road. The show is on the road. We go national. It's lovely being with you. Run to Paradise, the Cowboys.
Uh, run to paradise. Oh, we do love it. We do love it. Airbags. Have you had your airbags checked? So you can, if, you, if you're in fear of whether your airbags in your vehicle are compliant or not, you can go to a site. Get your pencil out for this one. Ismyairbagsafe.com.au Ismyairbagsafe.com.au Then you put in your registration number and the state and the website will come back with details of your vehicle, and then it's easy to check. So, and if you do need a replacement airbag, I believe they're free. I believe they're free. So that's good. So uh, Gavin Swift from Tips, Tales and Woes uh, did some beaut things out of the Mark magazine, and uh, he was talking about a guy rope solution. So, and he says, how many times have you put up your tent or your awning and then gone around tying the guy ropes to your structure before pegging them into the ground. So, you know, the time it takes to tie your ropes on. So he was away with some people camping and uh, and now social distancing, <laughs> but he noticed a nifty solution to the guy rope problem that he never realised he had. He'd always just accepted that he had to tie the guy ropes to his awning or his tent. Uh, but what his new friend had done, and he saw this, was to tie carabiners 
to the ends or just click carabiners into the end of the guy ropes. And now all he had to do was snap the guy ropes to the awning or the tent and then peg them into the ground. So no more tying knots through the loops. You just click the guy rope and you're away. So your guy rope is tied onto the carabiner and then just put the carabiner through the, the loop. It's done. So the carabiners, they, he says they don't have to be super heavy duty or they don't have to be especially rated to a particular strength. Any decent size carabiner should do and you can get them at most hardware shops. So I think that's a clever thing to do. Then one of the other things he was talking about was uh, winch well-being. So if you've got a winch, then you, you've got to make sure that you look after it. Having a winch on the front is a terrific thing and it's a good breaking point and you've got it there and you might not ever need to use it in anger. But if you do, oh, if you do, then <laughs> make sure that it's working. So what he suggests is that once every two years to have your winch serviced. Now, you might be able to do that yourself. You've got to disassemble the gearbox and clean out the old grease and coat everything with a new high-temperature grease. And he says once a year, check the electrical connections at the battery and the body and, the, and make sure that the, all of those connections are, are secure and free from corrosion. That's a good point. Then he says, put the clutch into freeze-bill position and pull out the entire winch rope. So pull out your, your entire winch rope and check for nicks, if you've got some nicks in the synthetic cable. And if you find any serious flares or damage, then don't use that one. Just replace it with a new one because uh, you know, note that recovery is performed with synthetic cable that travels over rocks. So if you drag your synthetic cable over rocks, then that certainly shortens the life of your rope. So, And then you can clean your synthetic rope in a bucket of water, he said, with just a mild detergent. So that might be a good thing to do. But every three months, operate your winch. Now, I try and do mine every month, but every three months, operate your winch. Use the winch in reverse, pull, pull it out about 10 metres of cable, and then wind it back in. And that will ensure that the grease in the gearbox is warmed up and the grease is spread around and it gives you the satisfaction to know that it's working. <coughs> Pardon me. So that's a, that's a good thing to do. Good thing to do. Now, what else have we got for you? Oh, we've got some great things. We've got some great things. Camper Act. Now, if you haven't been to Camper Act, if you're after a camper, Camper Act is the place to go to and all you do is go to their website, camperact.com.au. Now, they're in Sydney. And they're also in Canberra, so fabulous. And you can go to both of those. You're allowed to go to both of those, so that's wonderful. They normally go to all the shows, but the shows are off, so they're doing some incredible things. Uh, and they've got an amazing array of products. So if you want to see some products, they've got track trailer, they've got Trayon, they've got BRS off-road, they've got pod trailers and stockman products and backtracks, rooftop tents and IntelliQuip and ELEC brakes, brake controllers, and even the iTech um, lithium battery. So check that out. So anything that you need, talk to them, because they're really good people. They are good people. So camperact.com.au, really good people. And you can find them. You can just give them a call if you want to. They're really easy people to talk to. So camperact, 02 Double nine, double one. And they are good people. Now, I reckon, I reckon everyone says, hey, you're on the road, you're having a good time, and somebody's bound to say, oh, mate, it's too easy. And then all you've got to say is, what's wrong with the way I live? What's wrong with the way I live? And if that's the case, we might as well let the Twilights say that for us, and they're going to sing it for us as well. So here's the Twilights. What's wrong with the way I live? Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. This show is called On the Road. We do RVs. We do travel. We do the lot. If it's got to do with Australia, and we only play Australian music, you may have noticed. But there's plenty of plenty of shows for you on our podcast. If you want to go on that, you just go on to ontheroadmedia.com.au and share it around. Share that site around. You're welcome to, because anything that we tell you on this show, you're welcome to share around. That's part of the fun. So here we go. You ready for the Twilights? What's wrong with the way I live? You enjoy that. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. Back with you in a minute. Try to get at me, try to bring me down 
Oh, yeah, the Twilights, what's wrong with the way I live? Aren't they good? Aren't they good? Hey, thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing the show around, because you can share it around to as many people as you want, and if they want to, they can go onto our website, which is ontheroadmedia.com.au, and on there you'll find a whole bunch of podcasts, so you can share them around and take them with you. I've got people travelling Australia at the moment who have taken a whole bunch with them, and they're just listening to them, so that's good. And I think they just listen for the Aussie music, and I don't blame them. I think that's the best part of the show. However... One of the things we've got to do, you've been cooped up uh, with the coronavirus and now what we have to do is get out there and see Australia. And in doing that, we've got to be just that little bit careful, that little bit prudent on what we do. So some of the things we've got to be aware of, which are pretty important, the funnel web spider, be aware of the funnel web spider because uh, they're nasty. They're nasty and, uh, you know, they're mainly around the Sydney area. It's found within about 100k of the city. So you've got to keep your hands out of dark places, out of deep dark places. And if you get fanged, then get to hospital as quickly as you can. That's important. The other thing to be aware of is the blue ringed octopus because that's, it's a tiny little thing to do. It's around the Australian uh, coastline, the whole coastline, normally in shallow waters. So again, keep your hands and your feet out of small underwater crevices. Keep your hands and feet out of those small underwater crevices because that's where they, they live. Another thing is, is the irukandji, which is the, the box jellyfish. Be aware of that one. Now, you'll find that one, it, it prefers to be near the coast. Uh, and um, they're found in Southeast Asia, they're found in Australia, they're found in the offshore reefs. So they've got nasty little tentacles and, and if they get you, it's a bad thing. So just be aware of those. The box jellyfish, it's called irukandji as well. So be aware of that. Normally up on the north area, up around, um, I think, the north coast of Australia, like right up top around um, Cairns and Townsville and whatnot. So just be aware of that one. I think around Darwin too, from memory. And then you've got the inland taipan. That's a snake, and that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. to. It it's normally has sightings in northern New South Wales and in northern South Australia. So its true range is really unknown. But um, if you encounter it, that's not a good thing to do. So again, be aware, use immobilisation and bandage pressure uh, and you can buy yourself some hours with that. So importantly, you've got to learn about how to prepare for snake bite and spider bite. That's really important. And the other thing is the saltwater crocodile. (laughs) Don't go near them. Do not go near them. So they're found in the coastal river systems, uh, some of the offshore islands, of course, and they're protected. (laughs) They're protected. So the numbers have recovered almost back to pre-colonial population so they're protected so if you enter their domain uh, then attack is pretty likely so uh, something to be aware of so what did I say at the very beginning I said you've got to be prudent the nearest thing I can get to being prudent is Doug Parkinson and the questions for dear prudence so hey this is the end of the show for this week well golly it's been good being with you and I hope you've enjoyed the show and I hope you share it along because that would be terrific. And if you want to send me an email, then you can. It's scott, S-C-O-T-T, scott at ontheroadmedia.com.au, scott at ontheroadmedia.com.au. And if you know a sponsor that you reckon should be on the show, tell them, get them to contact us, just one three hundred five three five seven eleven, and hey, we'll get them on the show and we'll make something happen pretty good. So in the meantime, you look after yourself, see Australia and I'll see you on the road.